Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, hello there and welcome back in to the latest edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. We are ready to go over many different subjects, including disappointment, even though Fox may not admit it, for the sequel of the Field of Dreams game in the Iowa cornfield. Uh, excitement around the NFL returning, yes, yeah, sort of with the preseason, but that means the regular season is close by. Notre Dame's going to have new announcers on NBC for this season. We'll tell you about that. The NBA schedule coming out. We've got all kinds of insight and takes. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. He is the man you are hearing uh, on this podcast and you're reading on his site. Love the insight of Dr. John Lewis back aboard here on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast, and you read him all the time on SportsMediaWatch.com. How are you as we uh, continue along through August? Everything good? Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, getting by like everybody else. And we're counting down to the start of football and everything that's going to happen with the fall and the interest ramping up. By the way, we want to say thank you to you folks. More and more are finding finding our uh, programming here on the feed. Uh, By the thousands, you continue to find us. Uh, on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast feed, whether it's George Offman's uh, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, kind of a Chicago tinge, but he does a great job interviewing sports uh, media personalities and others. By the way, George, uh, he's got a best of right now that is rolling with some of uh, his most recent guests from this past season. But starting next week, he's going to talk to Northwestern football coach Pat Fitzgerald. Very interesting interview, very media-savvy coach based out of the Chicago area, who played for Northwestern. John, I am old enough to know this. You were much younger than me. When Northwestern rose to prominence the first time and went to the Rose Bowl, Pat Fitzgerald was one of the captains as a player. My Lord, was that 25-plus years ago? In fact, it was. And Northwestern's now had a couple of incarnations of being better, and Pat Fitzgerald's been there the entire way. So he's George's guest coming up, but a a plug that George will also have Greg Gumbel of CBS coming on a future episode. You'll find it right here as the football season starts on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast feed. And also our guys, Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mullen with the announcer schedules podcast. Also on this feed, those guys will talk John with Roxy Bernstein, longtime uh, ESPN and Pac-12 network broadcaster, as well as Oakland A's radio broadcaster, formerly Florida Marlins, uh, now Miami Marlins radio broadcaster. So we've got an assortment of different announcers and, and media types that are on the feed, John, besides just you and I pontificating. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's exciting. Uh, people are uh, joining us, hopefully even more as we move along. Yeah. Into the football season. So again, follow or subscribe. You get this podcast automatically through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you're following or subscribing. Let's begin with subject number one. Not a surprise. If you were with us on the podcast last week, yes, uh, the pageantry was there again for the Fox Field of Dreams game in the Iowa cornfield, replicating the movie that Kevin Costner uh, Ray Liotta, uh, who am I, who am I going to leave out? Um, but David here. Menemen from right. ESPN was we, in it. We got, and, uh, and, and who else? Timothy Busfield, Amy Madigan, right? Do I have that name right? Uh, that we're all in that movie, iconic movie. All right. So this is the second straight year. They've kind of recreated it. James Earl Jones, of course. Right. Well, I, well. I have to step in because you didn't, you didn't catch what I said. Well, Dave the Benjamin from ES- ESPN was in the movie. Okay, so how was he in the movie? Because you're, well, you're enlightening because, me or you're joking or both? Because he is Timothy Busfeld and Timothy Busfeld is him. Oh, okay. Do you get, do you get it now? They totally. look they look exactly like. Okay. Busfield, obviously a Hollywood actor, a TV actor. I know him also from the West Wing, by the way, where he played mm-hmm. the... Never uh, saw the West Wing. The West got to get into that. That was fantastic. No, I, I've never media, seen in terms of media. Yeah. Though, it was fantastic with media and messaging. I, I'm just recommending. I know, but I've never seen anything Aaron Sorkin has ever done in my entire life. Okay. You're so. missing out. I'll say that on this. Yeah. But anyway, back to the field of dreams concept. It was year two. It's not as if you weren't warned. If you were with us on the sports media watch.com podcast, because the John Lewis said I could see this audience being half as much the novelty. I said the novelty's not there. You said Cubs and and Reds, bad records, not the same draw as like having the Yankees or having the Dodgers, the Cubs, yes. And you were right on that. Go over the ratings here just real quick. Well, you know, it was down about half from last year. Last year was around six million. This year was around three million. Uh, obviously, the lack of novelty is a big factor. The teams involved a big factor. Last year's game was a tremendous game as well. Uh, but, you know, novelty, it's a big part of all of this. That's why the Winter Classic was such a big deal. And then as time goes on, <laughs> the novelty fades. People are no longer interested. Oh, wow, they're playing outdoors. Well, they play outdoors, you know, three times a year, right? Uh, and it's a little bit concerning if you want to make this a big franchise that the novelty wore, uh, wore off so quickly. Just one year, half the audience is, is not returning. But, you know, once you see the, you know, the folks coming out of the out of the corn, you've seen it, right? So right. we've seen it. And it was just last year. And, uh, you know, the earth is spinning faster than it used to. So last year is even more recent than, than it normally would be. So uh, I think, you know, especially when you're going to put the Reds in there, especially when you're going to put, you know, two bad teams, they got to do a better job uh, with the schedule for that. You know, the winter classic, they never were inviting the worst teams in hockey on there. Right. You know, it was always Pittsburgh and, you know, the, the Bruins, the, the Blackhawks. Detroit, yeah. Right. Well, Detroit's pretty bad, but back then now, I guess they were pretty right, good. Right, yeah. Right. And, you know, that's what you kind of have to do. You can't just say, hey, we're going to take two terrible teams and put them on this place and you're going to watch it because of well, the we did bang on how bad their record was. But you do have to plan it in advance. And they're two of the longest standing Major League Baseball teams yeah. uh, in uh-huh. the Cubs and the Reds. And that's part of the tradition. Did I see and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Did I see them already announced they're not going to do this for yeah. next year? Hadn't they in advance before this yeah. said we're not going to do a 2023 version. And that turns out to be smart from what we're seeing right now on the decline, right? It looks like it. Yeah. 
Well, I think that'll help build up a little bit more novelty for the next time. And uh, next time, just put the teams that are always good. You know, doesn't have to be Midwestern teams. It'd be Yankees, Red Sox. Why not? I mean, right. And it'll be. What if, and, and I'm just thinking outside the box. What if one time you played the all-star game there? Okay. That's kind of you know crazy. What they should have done? Just think about outside the box. All I'm saying, what should they have done? What do you think? They should have put the, the bubble there two years ago, right? For baseball. They put, yeah. They should have put the bubble in there because look, the reality of the matter is people like to talk about how the Lakers title isn't real because it was in the bubble or whatever. The one sport where I think that year really doesn't count the same is baseball because you already had a 162 game season whittled down to 60 mm-hmm. and in baseball location matters right it matters that you're in specifically dodger stadium or you know because of the different dimensions of the field and so the fact that they were playing all those games in a neutral site after a 60 game season we all know the Dodgers are a worthy champion, but we also know that that's not a real season the same yeah, it way. Was, it was so weird to your point. Yes, Fenway Park is different than Wrigley Field. Right. We get we get all that. But th- they were allowing the teams to play in their home venues, uh, those that could, for the regular season in 2020. But then they went neutral, to your point. And in the case of the American League after the opening round, because I know this, because while we're doing this show, just to peel the curtain back, John has to look at my Tampa Bay Rays World Series hat over my shoulder every time that we're doing the interview as we see each other on video. The Rays got to that World Series by having to go out to San Diego and Petco Park and play in an empty stadium against the New York Yankees and then eventually the Houston Astros. I mean, the Rays have the best record in the American League, and they've got to go 3,000 miles away to play in an empty stadium there as opposed to an empty stadium at home that they would have earned. And then they played the Yankees and the Astros there. In the Dodgers' case, the Dodgers went to Arlington, Texas, or Houston, or both. I know the World Series was with the Rays in Arlington, Texas. Your point is they didn't get to play at Dodger Stadium. It's it's very weird. It's very yeah. weird, and it will always be weird. And maybe it should have I mean, been it was, corn. And it was weird everywhere. But in baseball, because the actual stadiums matter in terms of the outcome yeah. of the game, uh, I think, you know, at that point, why not just have it in the in the corn? It would have been a heck of a, a, a heck of a few weeks. Certainly a lot more entertaining than what we actually did get okay. uh, in terms of location. What the empty Globe Life Stadium in Arlington? Well, not empty. There was they had like they had yeah. maybe eight or ten thousand people there. And it felt like life. it felt like such a huge milestone just to have any people. What a nightmare. Right. I still remember while we just share all of this that uh, my twins, not unlike millions of others, have been going through orthodontic work for the last four years. They're almost, John, light at the end of the tunnel. They're almost done. The twins orthodontist, who's a great guy and a big Tampa Bay sports fan, he was fortunate enough to get a couple of tickets for that Rays World Series uh, against the Dodgers, and I think he went early. He went to, like, game two that was there. Because keep in mind, again, they played all the games at, at Arlington, And so he got the opportunity to be there and he got the opportunity to real quick snap a picture with Magic Johnson in the hallway because he's part of the Dodger ownership group. So there they are standing in masks in the hallway with a quick picture at uh, at that World Series. So it was just it was weird. It was different. And maybe the corn would have made a difference for Major League Baseball. What also makes a difference is if the bigger brand names are still involved. I mean, for example, the Yankees Red Sox this weekend while we're on the subject. That was on Fox. You may have the ratings by now on how it did Saturday night. It was the ESPN Sunday night game uh, as well. 
that rivalry kind of transcends other rivalries in baseball. Yes, you have Cubs, Cardinals, you have Dodgers, Giants, et cetera. But whenever they get a chance, especially if one or both of them are any good, they're going to be on in prime time. And we know there will be more. If they put the Yankees Red Sox in the cornfield, it would be yeah, of course. a bigger audience. We know that. Of course. You know, I mean, that might be the only way to get those numbers back up because the reality of the matter is, you know, that was kind of an, a miracle that the numbers were as good as they were last year, right? And uh, you're not going to get those numbers every time. It just worked out perfectly. And the game was great. The teams were very strong. You had a, a great ending. And it, it was exactly as baseball would have hoped last year. It's good. That's hard to, to, to match, especially exactly. when you put in a capture a, the magic. Cause you had, yeah. you had everything, a perfect storm in a good way in place on the buildup to the game. We haven't done anything like this before. And then as you keep saying, it was a great game. You've got an iconic love hate team in the Yankees that's going to draw people in. And you had a great game. You had all factors. You had all factors on their side on that. Okay, let's move on to a couple of other subjects. The NFL preseason got underway. I worked the local radio coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins preseason games all over the NFL network. Did you partake and watch a little of this, if at all? Did you just keep up with it on social media? What about for you, John? I did uh, maybe for a few minutes at a time on a local channel, switching from place to place. I mean, there was not much else on. There was a uh, the movie, what was it called now? Uh, Mercenaries, starring Cynthia Rothrock, Vivica A. Fox. You okay. know, that was one of the only other things on. So, you know, I watched that for longer than I watched the preseason games, to be honest. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's preseason. You know, the one thing Roger Goodell will never be able to do is make the preseason matter to anybody. That right. Uh, and yeah, the preseason numbers look pretty good compared to regular season numbers in other sports, but they're still really not that great. Uh, the reality is... You know, the NFL season starts on September 8th and everything else before that is uh, pretty irrelevant. So to that end, there will be national TV coverage as we release the podcast midweek here of the Thursday night Bears Seahawks game. But, John, that will be on ESPN. Add to this. This is not the debut of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, right? Yeah, this will probably be oh, not probably this will definitely be Steve Levy, uh, you know, Dan Olatsky and Lou Riddick for both of the preseason games in ESPN. So not only did they get demoted, but now they have to do preseason games as well. Maybe a starter or two will be playing in these games and they yeah. will also be part of the double header mm -hmm. uh, in week two, because yep. remember, week one is not a double header for ESPN Monday Night Football, but week two is a doubleheader. Yeah, I believe I have that correct uh, for ESPN. And Fox, by the way, will nationally show the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night in the preseason. But we do not believe that that is Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson uh, doing preseason because Burkhart is still involved with Fox's baseball coverage right now on the weekend we'll wait to see is it another announcer with Olsen is it another team entirely but Fox will have the national coverage of Lamar Jackson who should play some Kyler Murray who should play some Ravens and Cardinals Sunday with the preseason NFL I'm actually headed with the Buccaneers to Nashville for the game with the uh, the Tennessee Titans should I tease it John Lewis you want me to tease a little bit I'll see my buddy Charles Davis, yeah. who does the Titans local broadcast as a, as a longtime NFL on Fox, NFL on CBS uh, personality and analyst. He does the Titans local broadcast. I'm going to try to hook him for us. I'm going to try yeah. to hook him on our podcast, on the Sports Media Watch podcast. 
I bribe him with golf. I bribe him with uh, food. I once had to send Charles some Memphis rendezvous ribs from the legendary restaurant in Memphis because his Tennessee volunteers beat my Memphis Tigers in football and we made a rib bet. He was going to get me some ribs from Knoxville. I ended up getting him ribs. I take care of him is my point. So I will see if I can't hook him to be on a future episode coming up of the Sports Media Watch uh, com podcast here with Charles Davis. Okay, so there's the NFL preseason. Some news involving NBC and Notre Dame. You wrote about this on the site that Jack Collinsworth, the son of Chris Collinsworth, and Jason Garrett have been named as the new announcers. John, pick it up there on the decision because I know you wrote about this as well for the NBC home games with Notre Dame. Well, you know, they didn't really have much else of a choice, right? They've got a very, very light bench at NBC on football. Uh, The fact is that they only have had two football windows a week, really, for, what, 20 years, Notre Dame, and then Sunday Night Football. So, you know, now they're getting the Big Ten, and that's one of the reasons why this is such a notable deal, because, you know, they're either going to go with Collinsworth and Garrett on the Big Ten, or they're going to go out of NBC. They don't really have any other options, right? So uh, it'll be very interesting to see their performance. I think it'll be a, a great audition for them because the reality is people talk about Notre Dame. Look at Notre Dame's schedule this year. You know, look at the teams they're playing. Marshall, you know, I mean, like, uh, I'm not really sure that Notre Dame really actually is worth $75 million a year considering their home opponents. NBC gets maybe two quality games this season and the rest are ridiculous. If it wasn't Notre Dame, a CBS Sports Network wouldn't pick up these games. <laughs> Right. So, you know, uh, if 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 you're Collinsworth and Garrett and you can get onto, you know, the third string Big Ten game in a given week is going to be a bigger deal than whatever Notre Dame is doing. Plus, you only get Notre Dame, you know, for their home games. So you don't even get every single week. So if you're Collinsworth and Garrett, it needs to be an audition for that Big Ten role. And Collinsworth, you know, people are upset about the the nepotism. That's kind of rich to me. This whole industry is created out of nepotism. Nepotism is everywhere. It is the greatest tradition in sports media is nepotism. And the idea, you know, Collinsworth, did he get the job because of his dad? Of course, there's no possibility that he didn't, but he's clearly good enough, you know, to be where he is. I mean, he worked at ESPN for years. ESPN didn't hire Chris Collinsworth. They weren't in the Chris Collinsworth business, but they still liked his work. He goes to NBC it is what it is. You know, Kenny Albert's going to do the Stanley Cup final. He's going to do a great job. He's great. You and know, he's more of Albert's son. Exactly. As we, as we Joe Buck, out. you know, Same thing, I mean, right. Getting the door open for them. By the way, Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett worked together uh, just a couple of months ago on the USFL coverage that NBC was showing in the USA network. So that was kind of building up to that. I'm just looking to at the Notre Dame schedule. Obviously, the first game at Ohio State is an ABC game, and that's going to be. Uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet, they're going to do that automatic. Then then the Notre Dame home games, as you mentioned, are Marshall, Cal, Stop Me When One Makes You Really Jump Up and Down, BYU, Stanford, the traditional game, UNLV, uh, and then Boston College late in the year. Did I, I didn't hear you stop me with a game yeah, that's going because to make e- you – yeah. Because even the Stanford rivalry game doesn't matter – I mean, realistically. So, you know, Notre Dame, uh, look, they need to get in a conference because we can't keep rewarding Notre Dame for going undefeated against the schedule that they've got year in and year out. Uh, What what are those little cakes? Oh, cupcakes. There we go. (laughs) Notre Dame's schedule uh, typically is a lot of cupcakes and maybe one really tough game. This year, that's against Ohio State, and NBC's not getting that game. Uh, 
their home schedule is, you know, pretty rough. I mean, I, I just don't see what the benefit is to, you know, certainly if you're Collinsworth and Garrett, you know, if you can get those big 10 games instead, this would be a pretty good opportunity to, to show. Well, and, and we, again, don't know the full story, but it looks like NBC is going to get Saturday night primetime big 10 and Collinsworth and Garrett may get in that mix to do a big 10 game uh, as well. Might they have another crew that is also going to switch off with them in the future to do Notre Dame games, et cetera. You mentioned in your article, Dan Hicks at one point was doing games, Tom Hammond before that, that were on the NBC roster doing basketball and other things and also doing the NFL and doing NFL playoff games when there was a second NFL playoff game. They've got to come up with uh, somebody else. Of course, it was Mike Tirico and Drew Brees a year ago. Drew Brees, like the NCAA tournament, one and done with, uh, with NBC, uh, one and out on that. So, And again, we await what the Big Ten deal will be, um, including – uh, the Saturday night on NBC, the Saturday afternoon on uh, CBS that has belonged to the Southeastern Conference for 25-plus years will now apparently become a Big Ten game as soon as 2024, if not 2023. So let's see what they end up announcing on the college football landscape. And there are some massive games that are going to be early on in the year on these different networks. So we're looking forward uh, to th- Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. That, but it, it is interesting. One more follow-up point on the whole uh, nepotism uh, thing. Uh, Kenny Albert talked about this uh, in talking with our buddy George Offman on the Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast. Again, we plug that. It's on this feed. You can go back and listen to Kenny Albert uh, in the library here. Kenny said that all of that discussion about who your dad is or who your uncles are that only opens the door for you, whether or not you can do this and do it at a higher level. And I agree with that point. The only thing that I also understand is there are a long list of broadcasters that would do a fantastic job that if you if you have the right name, you get to skip in front of all of them, even if they have been doing a fantastic job in other places for many more years than you've been doing anything. And that's so I understand that point, too. And you're you're talking to somebody on this podcast. You're self-made, obviously, with Sports Media Watch. That's not because an elder Lewis uh, bequeathed the website to you. That did not happen. You're you're hearing from a broadcaster here with you that did not have any kind of an entree with his name. It was show up and do what you do and cut your teeth and wait for your opportunity and be ready to do well with your opportunity. And that's how it is for probably. 95% of those that are making it in sports, broadcasting, play-by-play, hosting, whatever, it's not a door open by a family member. We agree yeah. on that, right? And, you know, the reality of the matter is when you are self-made, one, it's a different approach. And look, look, we talk about nepotism. You know, nepotism isn't the only advantage people get, right? Like, you know, I mean, 
certainly like if you're if you're black it's definitely harder to get your foot in the door just anywhere right mm-hmm. this is kind of where the Rachel Nichols Maria Taylor thing kind of you know that that's where a lot of that acrimony was like oh you know you know how hard it is to break through and you know being diminished and and you know i've said a million times that i think Rachel was badly wronged in that so i'm not trying to suggest otherwise but that's the reason why people were upset right P, you know P, you know how hard it is to get into this industry when you already have to deal with the fact that as a black person, you don't know, you know, you don't know the same people, right? You don't go in the same circles, right? Uh, people will have biases against you and you don't really know who will have biases against you and who doesn't. All of those various things make it harder. And so that's an advantage too, right? You know, we don't talk about that, but that's frankly a bigger deal than the nepotism. The reality of the matter is, you know, I mean, that's a tiebreaker for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have the exact same talent level as somebody else, but they're, you know, white. And so it's, you know, that's what is it that Chris Rock uh, said? It's uh, it's the well, I guess it, it exactly what I said. If it's a tie, the tie typically goes to someone who is is, is white, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of advantages in this industry. Uh, I I don't look down on the nepotism as much. We all know that it's kind of crummy. But so far, the people who have gotten into this industry via nepotism are some of the best in the history of the industry. And don't get me wrong. There are people who would be just as good. You know, if Ian Eagle's dad had been a broadcaster, maybe Ian would have done a World Series by now. And there's another example because Noah Eagle is on a meteoric rise right now in Southern California doing the LA Clippers. I know he's doing the LA Chargers preseason games on TV. He is going to do college football on Fox Sports and FS1 for the Pac-12. And Again, the door was opened and he jumped in front of a lot of qualified broadcasters, but you've got to be good enough to have those gigs and keep those gigs. And uh, and he is he has demonstrated that that's why he's getting the opportunity with other outlets besides the Clippers who hired him uh, originally uh, with doing this. So there we go. It's all good uh, uh, food for thought. While we're on the subject of the NBA, and we will get to some love it or leave it here in just a couple of minutes. The NBA is in piecemeal putting its schedule out. Uh, the full schedule not out yet, but you wrote on the site, the Christmas Day games have leaked. That's their traditional big, uh, at least marquee day to begin the season, it always seems like. Give us a little more on that and what else they're announcing piecemeal. Yeah, well, uh, so based on reporting by Mark Stein and uh, Sham Sharania, uh, I know Rick Buecher doesn't seem to have a high opinion of Sham Sharania, but I like Sham Sharania. I like Sham Sharania more than I like Rick Buecher. No offense to Rick Buecher. So, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, just wanted to get that out there. Um, so uh, uh, Mark Stein, Sean Sharania, uh, and uh, I believe there was another, uh, maybe Tim McMahon. I'm not sure. Somebody else had reported some of this information. Uh, Sixers, Knicks, Bucks, Celtics, Suns, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavericks, and Grizzlies, Warriors. So what does that mean, that Christmas Day schedule? That means the NBA is not backing down from the NFL. They're going full five games. But the NBA is smart and they recognize they're going to get killed on Christmas day. So they're not giving you the best games, right? They're not giving you a finals rematch. They're not giving you LeBron versus Steph. They're giving you their, these are pretty decent games lineup, right? So when the ratings come in 
at historic lows, it's not going to be that big of a deal, right? Because they still have, they're not going to waste a finals rematch on Christmas now. They're not going to waste a LeBron versus Steph on Christmas now because the NFL has taken over the holiday. So they're not going to put the A-plus matchup on there like you saw in past years. That's why you end up with just pretty decent games. Nothing too special, just pretty good. Uh, And uh, that was what the Christmas Day schedule used to be. You know, the Clippers got a Christmas Day game in the 90s. You know, people don't even remember that, but they did. They weren't good. They had made the playoffs and lost in the first round in 92 to, uh, I think, Houston. And they were on Christmas set that year. You know, um, I mean. But traditionally, they would want a finals rematch, the biggest of the big names. And you're right. The NFL is playing three games that day. And again, I'm involved in this because my Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing at the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas night, which, by the way, that's going over real well in my house. And I'm gone Mm -hmm. the whole weekend yeah. Uh, of Christmas to work the NFL, but this is what happens. They're going to have a, a 1 p.m. standalone game, a 4 p.m. Eastern time standalone game, and then a primetime game. Uh, and the and the NBA will be on network TV on ABC for at least the early windows, right? They're going to be on ABC, I think, earlier in the day, right, on Christmas Day? Well, the last few years, ABC has had three Christmas games, simulcasting the third one with ESPN. So technically, both ESPN and ABC get three games, uh, sharing one of them. Uh, I would imagine that will be the case again this year. It'll probably be that Bucks, uh, probably Lakers Mavericks at three, Bucks Celtics at 530, and then Grizzlies Warriors at eight. That's probably what it'll be. Um, we'll see if the NBA gets creative to try and avoid the NFL. I think that noon window is probably your safest bet on Christmas now because of the NFL. Uh, I think that would be the window that I would look at to put in maybe not the best game, but a high quality game uh, and put that on ABC because you can get a full half in before the NFL starts. But uh, given the presence of Sixers Knicks on the schedule, that's probably your noon window. Uh, And uh, yeah, you you can't put Packer, you can't put Bucks uh, Celtics in that noon window because the Packers are on against Packers, Miami, Russell Wilson, if he's still upright, and Denver at the defending champion Rams will be the late game at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern time. And then the Sunday night game, which could have massive numbers depending on how well the Buccaneers are doing, Tom Brady is doing, and it's a standalone situation there against Arizona. We'll see what the NBA counter program, would that maybe be the Golden State game, like you were saying, because it's yeah. in the West? That yeah, I mean, the prime time for the NBA's choice on yeah. Christmas night. It's a long way away, but we'll see what they do. If I was scheduling it, I'd actually put that on at 930. I know that's pretty late, but then you can get but for the Western ten, audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, 930 is pretty late for network TV sports. But back in two, back in 99, NBC's Christmas doubleheader because of the NFL was seven o'clock and 930 Pacers Knicks at seven Spurs Lakers at 930. And, you know, I mean, it's not ideal, but. You want to get out of the way of the NFL. You want to be before the game or after one or the two. Very good on that. You had one other note on the schedule. This was released as we're releasing the podcast uh, that the NFL or the NBA rather has decided that they're going to stay away from the upcoming uh, November midterm election day all across the country. Uh, They're not they're not playing any games on that day and said saying emphasizing civic duty, go vote. Yeah, the NBA skipping election night. Uh, This is a first in Major League Sports, as far as I am aware. Uh, And, uh, you know, the NBA has played games on election night historically, uh, including in 2004 on the presidential election night. They actually opened the season. Detroit got their rings against 
uh, Houston. Wow. Uh, on election night, as John Kerry was, uh, you know, uh, finishing out that uh, very memorable campaign. Who doesn't remember the John Kerry campaign, right? Other than all. Uh, of by the way, Lambert Field, as I recall, the historic Lambert Field instead of Lambeau Field. Uh, oh, did you call things. it? Did you call it Lambert Field? No, no, no. John Kerry did during that. Oh, campaign. did he? he okay. Was, yes, very famously wow. Lambert Field. But I didn't even remember that. Wow. It just it just came up. It, it was not the key moment of the campaign, but it was just part of the back and forth. He would have been much more familiar, obviously, with Heinz Field and the Pittsburgh Steelers being married to uh, Teresa Heinz uh, as he was during that campaign. So there you go uh, uh, on that with uh, with that. But that's fascinating that they've kind of, you know, still on election night because there will be. And again, this is not presidential. This is midterm elections, no. presidential election, not until 2024. Now, uh, they did point. not have games on election night in 2020. Interesting. Because there was no season. Right. 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 The finals ended in October. The next season started in December. Good point. Uh, so, you know, this is probably going to be 2016. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. They did have games on that election. Yeah. Time. And then they had, those on, they had those on the midterm election night as well. You know, look, obviously the NBA says they want to encourage nonpartisan engagement. Yeah. Realistically, we know there's like only one, you know, nonpartisan. Yes but they really only want one group of people to vote, right? You know, we know the NBA is very kind of left. Uh, and, you know, look, a lot of people get upset about that. It is what it is. It's part of the brand at this point. Uh, the NBA cannot realistically, I think, afford to not take these stands where they can without it hurting their bottom line. So realistically, it's a good thing because it means you don't have TNT going up against CNN and FNC and MSNBC. You're not wasting games on a night where people's attention is focused elsewhere. And you can use it as PR. You can say, hey, look at us. We are so socially conscious, aren't we? And that's, you know, and that's just, that's just the way it is, right? Uh, so it's kind of a ultimately meaningless gesture. There's not going to be any extra voting because NBA teams weren't playing games. There's nobody who was like, well, I was going to vote, but the Pistons were playing. You know, that's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so it, it will actually achieve nothing at all, but it will allow the league to look like it's taking a stand and doing something right while protecting its ratings. All right, let's move along and wrap things up. Love it or leave it. Subject number one, let's stick with the basketball. The WNBA regular season wrapped up. Shout out to my buddy T.C. Martin uh, of the Las Vegas Aces radio coverage as they ended up with the number one uh, seed at the end of things for this season. So WNBA playoffs are looming, the end of Sue Bird's career. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Give me a quick thought here. Love it or leave it. The uh, postseason set up now for the WNBA. Well, it's, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out which postseason format I preferred, the WNBAs or baseballs. And I got to say the WNBA, I got to give them the nod because all the teams are playing. I just don't like the idea that the Yankees and Astros or the Mets and Dodgers are going to have the entire wildcard series off. I just feel like if it's a series, then a buy is a bigger problem, in my view. Uh, the WNBA does have the ridiculous format where the, the top seed has the first two games at home. And then if they lose a single home game, the deciding game mm -hmm. is on the road. Uh, that, I think, is is wild. In the opening uh, round, I was saying this with TC uh, off here. In the opening round, why don't they just have the plan that all three of the games for the higher seed are in right. the same spot in the opening round? We would go along with that. Are we making too much sense on the SportsMediaWatch.com yeah. podcast that we can't figure that out? A little bit. Well, what they really need to do is 
uh, home team gets game one and three, and the uh, the the lower seed gets game two. They uh, but I understand why they don't do that for travel. Right. He and I exactly. were talking about that. So so the the compromise smartest thing is just have all three game three if necessary are right. in the same exactly higher seed know, and just stay there. Let me tell you something too. But one of one of the wildest things about the WNBA. I believe, and I'm not sure if Dallas won the other day against LA in their finale. Uh, so let me quickly check the standings because the majority of WNBA teams were under 500 this year mm-hmm. and Dallas ended up being 500. So, but if Dallas had lost that game to LA, they would have been under 500 and you would have had three out of the eight playoff teams under 500. When you have that many teams under 500, you have no real claim to home court advantage. Like how dare you know, Dallas, New York, or Phoenix. Dallas, by the way, destroyed LA on the final day, as yeah. you mentioned, to finish 500. Correct. Yeah. To, how, you know, these teams did not have seasons, and you're talking about potentially Vegas or Chicago having to go on the road for a deciding game. It's a, it's a nonsensical format. I but agree. I did want to mention really quickly uh, Phoenix Mercury, nobody thinks of it this way because the WNBA doesn't get any attention, but the Phoenix Mercury had the worst season of any super team in the history of pro basketball ever. Somehow they made the playoffs because the WNBA has too many playoff teams. But Brittany Griner's incarceration, Tarasi's injured, Diggins is injured, uh, and they signed Tina Charles as a free agent, and she just said, yeah, get me out of here, and is on Seattle now. So of all the super teams, you want to talk about the Lakers last year with Russ? You want to talk about the Lakers in 13 with Dwight or the Lakers in 04 with Malone and Peyton? The worst season ever for a super team because they were supposed to be a super team. They loaded up on free agents. This year's Phoenix Mercury easily and somehow they're in the playoffs and if they manage to steal a game in vegas which they won't do they're going to get destroyed but if they do they'll have home court advantage in the deciding game if it comes to that one more note on the wnba just real quick uh, 862,000 viewers for aces storm on sunday which is the most watched regular season game in more than a decade so a uh, pretty wow. good way to go Sue into birds final yeah. regular season game exactly. and now we don't know where it ends or how it ends and again vegas has had a tremendous season with becky hammond as the coach and that was high quality basketball you know people complain about the wnba uh, they they say it's not as good look i'm not saying it's as good as the nba but if you're sitting down and you're watching you know uh, Tulane versus, you know, Texas Southern in the first four. It's a heck of a lot better than that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was quality basketball to me. Love it or leave it. A lot of people are doing fantasy football drafting. I didn't prepare John for this. Have you ever played? Do you have any desire to try to play? Because everybody's trying to figure out their fantasy roster in the next couple of weeks. What about for you? Love it or leave it. I never played it and not interested in it, but I'll be happy to facilitate other people's ability to play it. Uh, You know, so I'll probably be including some information about fantasy in my uh, schedule posts this year, but I've never, never played it. Never had any desire. Have you played any fantasy sports, fantasy baseball, anything? Never any desire to do that. Never, never any desire. The scary thing is I have been playing fantasy football, I think, longer than you've been alive because we were playing in 1989. Is that close? Am I close? Uh, well, it depends on when. Depends that, on that's when what I mean. So we're we're right around the same time frame that I've been playing fantasy uh, football if, that you've been on the Bush planet. If Bush was the president, then you, then you're wrong. If yeah. Bush was the president, uh, I think I think he was the president. So so then so then you're not right. But it's all right. <laughs> It's close. But in my case, I still remember Jim Kelly versus Barry Sanders with the number one pick. And what do we do? So I'm big into this. We're just different in that regard. And obviously there are tens of millions 
of fantasy football players. And John, it's no exaggeration, just real quick. Th- this is what has fueled the popularity of the, NBA, of the NFL. Big, big time is fantasy football, the gambling on it, the gambling aspect of football on it. There are millions and millions more that are watching Cardinals, Seahawks, or Bengals, Jaguars, because I have the quarterback or the running back or the receiver in that game, and I'm interested in what they do. There's no disputing that at this point, years later. Well, I I personally can't relate, but I'm certain that it's having a big impact. Uh, You know, I don't know if it's having as big an impact as, you know, people like to say, but I, I do think it's having a big impact for sure. One more. Love it or leave it. You are in the market for new appliances. Are you loving or leaving the delivery process right now? Are we going to get the new, is it a stackable washer dryer at the palatial John Lewis estate? Uh, What do we got that is going to be delivered? Are you loving or leaving it right now? What's the story? Well, you know, at first I bought the GE 950, the new one, and it was about free 22. plug. They should yeah. sponsor the podcast. Keep going. Well, it was about twenty two hundred dollars for the washer and dryer, which is a great deal for a brand new one. So originally I was going to get that, but then uh, Costco had a deal for the old LGs, maybe not too old, but <laughs> more maybe free plugs. Previous, yeah. Sponsor the show, Costco. Keep going. Well, they they may not like what I'm going to say, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I there was a deal for the previous model LG washer dryer, the front loaders, uh, for fifteen hundred for both the washer and dryer. Right, 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 right. So I had I had to get that. But, you know, they said that the that this delivery date was today, but I haven't heard anything on front <laughs> at all. You know, so you we don't better have a- not be yeah. like uh, like some of these bad B comedy movies where the delivery is coming at all hours of the night and it's part yeah, of the no. subplot and uh, whatever. What is the movie? Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. Not oh, as good as I've, you know, I, I've told that story on this where, where the delivery guys get lost and they're sleeping outside right. with the bugs and they come and like have a fist fight over his furniture and whatever. It's uh-huh. a bad it's a bad Chevy Chase. I mean, he's so much better well, with Fletch and Caddyshack and those. Yeah. Than funny well, I, I'm sure I've told this during the podcast, you know, this one night, you know, uh, staying with family, you know, you don't have any friends around you, nothing to do. And they got all these VHS tapes, uh, you know, and uh, one of them was Funny Farm. And I had known Chevy Chase from vacation and Vegas vacation. So I was excited to sit down and settle in for some really great comedy. And it was such a disappointing Did you laugh once? Did you laugh three times? You didn't laugh at all. I was so disappointed. I've never forgotten that night or that feeling of complete disappointment sitting down watching Funny Farm. Uh, just was it Madeline Smith was the wife too that was in that and I'm trying to think yeah I'm looking right here at the cast and some of the others yeah just was not as good obviously there was a standard he had done Fletch he had done the vacation movies he'd done Caddyshack Funny Farm not nearly as funny and this is like two weeks in a row that we're mentioning Chevy Chase because he had the brutal Chevy Chase TV show in the 90s after that as well you know Brian Curtis uh, had a very cruel tweet about Chevy Chase the other day he noted that Chevy is now at the stage of his career where he's having to do cruise ship shows I just saw that was so mean (laughs) it's true but it's still so mean um, I didn't know Brian had that in him. I well, like Brian. I guess Curtis. he did. And I, I know in the ringer and what he does there, he does what yeah. we do. So che- I would, I, hey, look, I will fight anybody on Chevy Chase with Fletch and Caddyshack and the vacation movies and tremendous. But that day is long gone. That day is like Celtics and Lakers 80s gone. It's not, oh, it's not yeah. coming back. And I'll tell you something. They made a big deal out of, about him on community. I never got into community. I never thought it. I mean, I'm not a big uh, who's that guy that does community. What's the name of the Her, Her- Herman something? What's the main guy from community? The the guy who created it. Can't help you. 
Dan Dan Harmon. There we go. Okay. I've never been a big Dan Harmon guy. I don't watch Rick and Morty either. Uh, but you know, um, anyway, long story short, I know he had a big resurgence on that show, but with a little few with a few years of distance, I don't even think it was that big of a resurgence, you know. Not so big, but the washer and dryer hopefully will show up and John's clothes will be clean. Uh, we we are big on the washer and dryer in my house. Yeah. Until I get until I get a new one, I'm just buying new clothes. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> like an wait a minute, not unlike an NBA or NFL star, just buy new clothes, yeah. keep buying new clothes. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, but it is big in my house because my two have started high school. By the way, my ninth graders, my fourteen year olds have started high school, and doing the laundry has become a much more regular thing in the school regiment right now. So we need a good washer and dryer. Get the man his washer yeah. and dryer is what I'm saying here on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. I could go into much more detail on this. I, I know you got to go, but uh, the, the GEs, they have this vent system that's supposed to reduce mold. But then I allegedly. saw this video that a woman did, and it, she, it showed all the mildew that was in Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Because be front loaders are known for the mold, right? Just uh, on the consumer watch, just be careful, and hopefully John gets his stuff. Anything else in closing, or are we good here for another edition? Because we've covered a bunch. From uh, baseball in a cornfield to the NFL preseason to the NBA schedule to washers and dryers. Are we good? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I could probably go for another hour, but, you know, I mean, we're, we've probably covered everything that needs to be covered. So. A reminder, again, be with us on this podcast feed as later in uh, the week you'll hear from Mike and Phil with the Announcer Schedules podcast. Roxy Bernstein on with them again. George is in a best of mode on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Still, you go back, though, to some of his interviews with the likes of Tom Brenneman, uh, Bill Wennington, uh, Wayne Mesmer, the anthem singer, and on and on that were uh, on his uh, this past season. Uh, again, George will have Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern football coach, in coming episodes uh, soon. And you get all of that by being on this Sports Media Watch feed. John, anything in closing? Are we good? Yeah, just, we don't want to sneak in. No Sunday World Series games this year. They're skipping Sunday. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So that'll be very interesting from a ratings perspective. It means no competition with the NFL. but yeah. and, and part of that also is the announcers for the NFL, Kevin right. Burkhardt doing the um the studio show joe davis doing fox nfl sunday as well they're part of the baseball coverage joe davis calling it with john Smoltz. so that's part of the scheduling so that's another good nugget at the end of the podcast for now we're good for john lewis read him on sportsmediawatch.com i'm tj reeves thank you for finding us on the latest edition of the sports media watch podcast When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.